Imagine you're sitting at a table surrounded by your family. It's Thanksgiving. There's pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie, macaroni and cheese, dressing, turkey smothered in cranberry sauce, ham with a brown sugar glaze, and sweet tea. You have diabetes. What do you do? Do you join in with your family and partake in your southern culture? Or do you bring your own low-fat, low-sugar foods and separate yourself from your heritage? For a lot of Southerners, this is a reality. Hi, I'm Meredith, and you're listening to A Case of the Sugars, Beating Diabetes. According to the American Diabetes Association, type 2 diabetes is a problem with your body that causes blood glucose levels to rise higher than normal. If you have type 2 diabetes, your body does not use insulin properly. This is called insulin resistance. Another term for type 2 diabetes is hyperglycemia. Type 2 diabetes is the most common form of diabetes. Diabetes disproportionately affects the South. The CDC has mapped diabetes and developed the term the diabetes belt. This belt spans from Texas to Virginia and from Pennsylvania to Florida. According to the most recent behavioral risk factor surveillance system data, the South contains the 10 states with the highest type 2 diabetes rates. Without significant life changes, more than 30% of people with prediabetes will develop type 2 diabetes. We want to determine why this condition has been so prevalent in the South, and here are some of the illness narratives of those affected. Today, you will hear two interviews. The first is with Sandra, who has type 2 diabetes. She discusses her experience with the disease and how it has affected her life. The next interview is with Dr. Martin, who is an expert on diabetes. He discusses a common treatment plan and gives some recommendations for dealing with type 2 diabetes. In this interview, we will hear from Sandra. She is a 75-year-old female who is very active in her community. She has had diabetes for 10 years. How did you feel about your diet at the time of your diagnosis? It was a big adjustment. They sent me to a class called Stepping Toward Control of Your Diabetes. My brother was a diabetic, and he ended up going on insulin, and he ended up with a lot of issues, and he died early. So that was my first thought was, oh my goodness, here I am now, a diabetic. So I knew that I needed to take control. So being in control, I had to learn a lot because I had to keep a chart. So I had to take my blood each morning and each afternoon, and I knew I had to stay within a certain range. But the food part was probably one of the hardest because you learn that all of a sudden you had to pay attention to what you're eating as far as carbs and what that meant was if I look like on the back of product that you buy it will tell you like carbs so you had to watch that and that was probably the hardest thing for me to learn how to do and make sure watch your sugar and one of the challenges I didn't have at that time I learned well I can have sweet and low my sugar-free my sugar-free diet drink and now with the way everything is they're telling you not to have those it's bad for you don't have the sugar but then you You've got this sweet taste bud, 
But then again, I finally talked to two doctors, and they said, well, you know, Sandra, you're better off to go with the sugar-free. Don't get caught up in so many advertisement and stuff, but do what's good for you and what's good for your body. So I feel like for the last 10 years, I've done pretty well. So I can almost pinpoint what I can and what I cannot have. And of course, if I'm going to have the real sugar, I'd rather have it in a candy bar or a half a piece of cake, you know? Mm -hmm. So you do get a lot of knowledge about sugar diabetes. Has diabetes ever prevented you from doing anything you want to do? No. In fact, one of the things that came up, this is when I used to go get a massage like once every two weeks. When you're a diabetic, it's like you don't want to do a lot of squeezing or have pressure on your body. But I found out through the doctor that's fine. But no, it has not kept me from doing anything that I wanted to do as long as I sort of knew where my blood sugar level was. Because I used to play golf a lot when I was first diagnosed. And that was one of my, my fears. Because that's when sometimes I'll go up to tee off. All of a sudden, I raise my head up and I'll be a little woozy or dizzy. Mm -hmm. And I knew at that point that I need to grab some peanuts or have something that has some protein in it. So that's why I always carry um, crackers or peanuts or something to um, boost my energy. But... Honestly, to say it's not kept me from doing anything that I wanted to do. Have you had to give up any of your favorite dishes since your diagnosis? I certainly have, but mm -hmm. I'll sometimes cheat. The one thing is I love sweets, so I've had to give up a lot of sweets. And I have to admit, with your mama, she makes this wonderful orange cake. So I've learned to share it with my family, but I also learned to cut it, put it in the freezer, and every now and then when I want something, I get that good piece of cake out, and I cut it in half, and I'll have it with my coffee in the afternoon. And that's not bad because there's a lot of dried fruits and healthy stuff in that cake, but it is sweet. And yes, I do cheat, but I try not to over-cheat. But that's probably one of the hardest things to do is to give up your favorite dessert and sweets. Have you tried to adapt any of your recipes to contain less sugar? Definitely. I used to make all sweet tea. Now I do for my husband. He loves sweet tea, but he has adjusted now where he'll drink it with the uh, unsweetened. So now he's adjusted to that with me, and he's learning that that's even good for him. But recipes had to be adjusted, especially when it comes to adding sugar to a recipe and I've learned to cut back on sugar but I make a lot of things as gifts and I still will cut back on the sugar when I give sweets as gifts but you do have to give up a lot of your uh, breads but I have to say I'm, I'm pretty good with the bread because you need whole grains so when you're shopping you're looking for things that's got whole grains in it and I look for bread that usually have one sugar or no sugar so we're really watching when we make a purchase at the store, because some people would say, here, have a juice drink. But juices are loaded with sugar. I mean, you might as well have a piece of cake, drink a glass of orange juice or whatever, but I eat the orange. I eat the fruit instead of the juice that comes from fruit, because that's a lot more healthier. Do you have anything else to add? And I tell people that are diagnosed with diabetes, your life is not over. It's really beginning. You just have to learn to adjust. And your adjustments, you take what you like and you work from there. But the main thing is to go to that class 
so they can help you. They don't scare you, which I was like, oh my God, I got to give up everything. Then I found out once I got my food chart, there's all this free stuff you can eat. I mean, you can have lots of good fruit, lots of good vegetables and meat. You have to limit your your meat. Like I can't have a 16 ounce steak, but I can have a six ounce steak. Once it's cooked down, it's about four ounces. And as long as I've got healthy stuff to eat with it, it makes me happy. In this interview, we will hear from Dr. Martin, the founder and medical director of the Hope Clinic. He has been practicing internal medicine for over 40 years and is an expert at identifying and managing type 2 diabetes. What percentage of your patient population has diabetes and what percentage of those would you say has controlled their diabetes? Our guess is uh... 70% of our patient population has diabetes, and probably 30% of those are controlled. What demographic of people do you see diagnosed the most? Would you say it tends to sway towards one specific group, or is it more spread out? You see a lot in Hispanics. It's pretty well spread out. You see it in African Americans and, and Caucasians as well. If you had to pick one group where it's most common, probably Hispanics and African Americans. Would you say that diet is the hardest lifestyle factor for people who are diagnosed with diabetes to change? Yes. Do you think that Southern culture, aka Southern food, increases the risk of diabetes? Yes. What are your recommendations for the prevention of diabetes and the prevention of further complications if already diagnosed? Well, the prevention of diabetes is lifestyle. It's weight loss, weight control, exercise, and diet. And it's as simple as that. Uh, it's very simple, but it's not easy. Or well, if you're already diagnosed, the prevention of further complications is to control all the risk factors. The cholesterol has to be controlled in every diabetic. Every diabetic should be on cholesterol therapy, regardless of what their cholesterol is. Even if it's very normal, the recommendation is to have them on cholesterol therapy or statin therapy. But prevention of all risk factors, control of blood pressure, control of weight, control of waistline, the blood sugars have to be controlled. Uh, that's the only way you can prevent complications of diabetes. What tools do you recommend to help patients manage their diabetes? We usually refer them to either a dietitian or we have a pharmacist that works with us. He provides diabetic education. And all the studies show that the more education a patient has, even if it's the same education over and over, they improve their control of their diabetes classes away from the practice or at least not involving the doctor per se are a very important part of controlling diabetes. So as we've heard now from both Sandra and Dr. Martin, living in the South does increase the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. As much as we all love sweet tea, cornbread, and a homemade pumpkin pie, these southern staples can be detrimental to health. The good news is that people affected by this disease, like Sandra, are still able to live their lives fairly normally. With simple lifestyle changes and recipe adjustments, indulging in Southern cuisine doesn't have to lead to a case of the sugars. Thank you for listening. If you're interested in learning more about diabetes, go to diabetes.org.